Welcome back, everybody. This is Americanish. My name is Mariam Waba. And I'm Adela Kochav. And together, we're the Daughters of Diaspora. All righty, Adela. We are jumping right back in. Um, so we obviously talk outside of here. And um, you tell me a lot about your married friends. Um, and they're around your age. So I really want to know, um, are you dating? That's a great question. Yeah. So one of the main things, I think, one of the staples of being a Syrian Jew is dating. Um, because it seems to be anything that me or my friends talk about. And from the time that we're, you know, 16, 17, but really 18 is where this kind of pressure comes in into dating. That's early. Yeah. And it's it's a different kind of dating. Um, I'd say it's similar to Bridgerton. Imagine the summer in Deal, New Jersey, near the beach, beautiful houses. And suddenly you have these huge parties that are geared towards people meeting each other. And marriage is a very big focus in the Syrian community, not just because, you know, women want to get married and men want to get married, but um, because we want to keep the traditions alive and keep the family culture alive and keep the Syrian culture alive. Right. Um, but much like Bridgerton, it's a lot more formalized than what I've realized college is, you know, in the regular American world. So what are the differences? So the differences between Syrian dating and what I'm going to call American dating is that with American dating, you just kind of meet someone through mutual friends and maybe you go out as a group and maybe they'll text you and maybe you'll hook up and, you know, maybe you'll hang out in groups again. Maybe you'll hang out one on one. Maybe you'll hang out maybe for coffee and maybe like a month and a half down the road, they'll ask you for dinner. Right. And like mm -hmm. going on a dinner date. And in Syrian dating, it's a lot more formalized. Yes, you meet through mutual friends or you're set up by someone. Um, but the first thing they'll do is like they'll reach out to you directly. Um, they'll pick you up at your apartment or house. Um, you usually go for dinner as a first date or for drinks. Um, and it's kind of more like a follow-up process because you're kind of just not on your own. If you were mm -hmm. set up by someone, you can't just like ghost someone. Like right. you can't do that. And if you met them in the community, odds are if you didn't met them at a party, you're going to see them at the next party. So they don't just disappear from your life. So it's more formalized dating, but most importantly, it's dating for marriage. You both have a goal in mind when you're going on the state where is this the person I can potentially spend my life with? So all of these other things come into play, like religion level, family status, family culture and heritage. And, you know, I'm from Damascus and they're from Aleppo and Shami and Khalabi and they're Beiruti because they're from Lebanon. And is this going to be an issue? And there's all these crazy things that if you imagine like in American dating, like mm. if you meet a guy and like you guys hit it off, your only thought is, oh, I enjoyed my time with him. I'd like to meet him again. You're not thinking. I wonder where his family's from and whether or not they're going to eat rice on Passover. Like <laughs> that just doesn't come into play. So um, I realized that the way I date is very different. And when I stepped into the college world, that's when I realized like, am I dating this guy? Are we seeing each other? And it was kind of like this weird line where it wasn't as formalized as it is in the Syrian community. Does that put any pressure on you as the woman or does it put pressure on the men? Yeah, I think it puts pressure on both. Um, I think in the Syrian community, especially like after high school, there is a lot of pressure to date. And people will ask, well, are you dating? Are you dating? Luckily for me, my parents are divorced. And I always say I'm lucky my parents are divorced, which is obviously a taboo topic. And obviously it's not a good thing. But 
um, that helped my mom understand that you could do everything right, right? You can mm. marry the person from the right family that your family wanted you to marry. And things can go wrong because a person is more important than all of the other things that we look around. So I luckily don't have that kind of pressure coming from my family. Do they want me married? Hopefully soon, yes. Does my grandpa want me married? Yes, a ton. But um, I don't have a lot of the pressure that some of my Syrian friends felt um, because my mom, again, is looking for me to find someone to spend my life with and to build a home with, not just the right person, but a person who's right for me. And uh, I think that's really important. That sounds so interesting. Um, so you mentioned your parents are divorced. Is that stigmatized in the community? Is that something that's uh, normal? Tell me a little bit about that. So it's unfortunately increasingly normal, um, not just among you know my parents' generation, but even my generation. I have some friends my age who have had you know marriages that lasted a year or two years, cousins of mine, and it's it's a lot. It's definitely stigmatized. Um, it's definitely something difficult. I remember you know with my brother we were even talking saying you know, do you think our parents being divorced is going to affect the way we date in the community? Yeah. Because people will ask around and they'll say, well, what's this family like? And they'll say the parents had a bad divorce or, you know, yeah, they live with the mom. The dad is here. The mom's there. And it it really is something that's stigmatized. Um, I think that people are becoming more open now, especially after COVID. There was a lot of pressure on a lot of marriages. And um, I think people understood more the American I guess, ideal of dating someone that you want to be with, not mm. someone who's, again, the right person, but who's right for you. Mm. Um, but it was definitely a little bit tougher growing up. Uh, also, you know, when I, after, when my parents got divorced, I thought it was the end of my social reputation, which is bizarre. And then they started connecting me with younger girls years later, whose parents were going through similar things and they would reach out to me. And it was really, comforting for them for me to be able to speak to them and I wished I had someone I could have spoken to when I went through that um but on a lighter note <laughs> on a much lighter note uh we like to end these episodes with a word yes. right and the word I'm going to use for today is shatra which means like a clever or capable person and shatra is feminine so it's like a capable woman so it could be used for a lot of things, but in my community, it's used almost like saying like wifey or wife material. So, you know, if you walk out of the kitchen holding a tray of cookies, it'd be like, ah, shatra. <laughs> Uh, the goal is to be a shatra, but shatra means capable woman. So there is a lot of ways, there are a lot of ways to be a shatra, not just by making amazing food, but you could be a shatra by doing what we're doing here. Thank you so much for sharing that, Adela. And thank you guys for joining in. See you soon.